Good morning, and welcome to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. Today is Saturday, August 13th, and we are broadcasting live from Jefferson Park. My name is David Canfield, and I'll be your host for this hour. You can visit us online at thechristianfaith.org. You can listen to past episodes of this program uh, via the, the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast. Just press on, click on the media link and the podcast tab. And if you'd like to reach out, reach out to us and contact us, you can do that via email at notes at thechristianfaith.org. If you have questions about this program uh, or about the Christian faith and Christian life in general, we'd love to hear from you. So, so send us a note at notes at thechristianfaith.org. Or you can just go to the website and uh, fill in the contact form there, too. Uh, and just a couple of things we wanted to mention. This weekend, we are going to be at the Edison Park Business Expo. The Edison Park Business Expo. Uh, that's going to be starting at uh, noon today. goes until 10 o'clock and uh, same time tomorrow. Uh, that's in Edison Park, of course, Illinois, just uh, a little bit northwest of Jefferson Park, where we were a couple of weeks ago. And we're really looking forward to that. We'll have a booth there with the Church of the Chicagoans as an outreach and uh, to preach the gospel. So uh, if you can visit us, we'd, we'd love to see you. If you can't be there, we'll, we hope you'll pray for the outreach. Pray that the Lord will really have a way to use that time and to bless that outreach. And, of course, we also have our Monday night Bible study now at 7 o'clock at the meeting hall of the Church of the Chicagoans. And, again, you can find information about that on our website, the address is 5518 West Gettysburg Street in Chicago. Uh, you can also find information about that on the homepage of the church, which is chicagomeeting.org. And again, yes, we'd love to uh, have you come out and, and be with us for that time. Praise the Lord. So let's, let's begin this program with uh, a brief, uh, brief moment of prayer. Father, we just give this time to you. We give the outreach in Edison Park today to you as well. We, we ask for your blessing, we ask for your anoint, anointing, we ask for a spirit of wisdom and understanding to present these truths to your children. It'd be a, a profitable time in your word together. Shame the enemy. May you be glorified. May your uh, saints receive the blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we wanted to spend uh, one more week still on the parable of the sower, just because there's so much in this parable uh, about uh, on the one hand, about our spiritual growth, and on the other, about how we can preach the gospel and lessons we need to learn in terms of preaching the gospel. And so, in the first part of the program, we will be covering the matter, looking at this parable from the standpoint of our spiritual growth. And in the second part, we will uh, bring on Brother Rex Beck from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, to fellowship with him uh, about what we can learn from this parable concerning preaching the gospel and uh, and preaching the gospel in general, because. Uh, I tell you, in these days, when you see the situation in this country, as, uh, as I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Jefferson Park Festival. We're going uh, again to this festival today in Edison Park. You just have a real sense that this gospel, the gospel has to go out. So many people today, are just they just don't have a sense of what their life is for. They're just You just see them and you just have a feeling. Your heart goes out because they're, they're leading uh, lives. They just have a sense of emptiness about them. And that's such a sad thing to see when a Christian, when your human life can be so meaningful, when you're brought into contact with the living Christ. And uh, so we need to pray uh, that the gospel would go out and hopefully learn some lessons, how we can be those who preach the gospel in an effective way. So that'll be in, in the second part of the program. But as I say, in this part of the program, 
we want to look at this parable from the standpoint of uh, our spiritual growth. At the beginning of this parable, and of course it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but they all, they're all basically, basically the same. And the first thing that the Lord says in telling this parable is that, uh, behold, the sower went out to sow. And we stressed this last week. I want to stress it again because it's a crucial statement. And again, I would say we, we should never take things like this for granted when we come to them in the Word. We really have to appreciate the meaning here because it's, it seems like it's just a very obvious statement, and yet there's a lot of meaning here because it shows us why did Christ come to the earth? Well, it shows us he did not come to the earth just to give us teachings and to give us instructions about how to live. So many people take the Lord's ministry in that way. Well, there are a lot of teachings in the Lord's ministry, very, very high, wonderful teachings in the Lord's ministry. Uh, but that is not why he came to the earth. It doesn't say the sower went forth to teach. And another uh, matter he did not come to the earth for, ultimately, and this may surprise some believers in Christ, he did not come to the earth, ultimately, to die on the cross for our sins so we could be forgiven. That was not the ultimate reason why he came to the earth. Did he need to do that? Yes, he did. Did he come to the earth uh, to do that? Yes, he did come to the earth to accomplish uh, redemption on our behalf, for sure. But that was not the goal of why he came to the earth. That redemption was for something else. And that's what we see in this statement. The sower went forth to sow. He went forth. He came forth from heaven because the sower here, of course, is the Son of Man, Christ himself. He came forth from heaven to sow something into humanity because the soil here very clearly represents us. Specifically, it represents our human heart. He wanted to sow something into humanity. And of course, what he wanted to sow was himself as the seed of the divine life. So that seed would grow up in us and produce a harvest unto God of the many sons of God. That's why he came to the earth. The sower went forth to sow. And it's, it's so easy for us to try to impose our concept on the scripture and uh, um, I might say this more than once just in this, this episode of the program, but we always have to make sure we take the Scripture as our authority and really uh, learn to be under the authority of Scripture for all of our teaching and all of our understanding of what the Scripture is saying rather than imposing our theology or our concept on the Bible. And a big concept that so many Christians have is that the Scripture is all about how we can have our sins forgiven. It's not. Is that a, a, a crucial and, and uh, central topic in the Bible? Yes, it is. It's a very crucial topic, but that's not ultimately what the Scripture is about. The Scripture is about God's purpose to have the many sons of God. And that's why Christ came to the earth. And again, yes, for that to happen, he had to accomplish redemption because we were sinful. We were fallen. We could never fulfill God's purpose. But he came for the purpose of having the many sons of God. And when we see that, that should uplift our view of our Christian life and what our Christian life is all about. It's not just about having my sins forgiven. It's about uh, becoming a son of God. It's about, in, in the context of this parable, it's about producing, allowing the seed to work within us, I should say, to produce the fruit that God desires to have from me as a believer and as a result of his work of redemption. So that's, again, I just want to stress the sower went forth to sow. And we need to spend some time in that verse. Really pray over that statement. It's so significant. I, I didn't appreciate it uh, until uh, I was getting into this parable just recently. Very, very significant statement. 
So what we see in this parable is that there are four different types of soil that the seed can fall into. And whether or not that seed produces a harvest, a, f- a crop for the Lord, depends on the kind of soil it gets into. In other words, it depends on the condition of our heart before the Lord, whether or not the soil is going to produce the crop that God desires. And that's what we want to look at uh, in this segment. What type of soil are we uh, and what type of soil should we be to give this uh, seed the best opportunity to grow and develop within us? So we'll just just look at these four different kinds of soil. So um, in the parable, and we'll mainly look at uh, at Matthew here as we're going through the parable. Again, they're all pretty much the same, but there's there's slight differences sometimes which are, are quite significant. So in uh, in Matthew, verse thirteen, verse four. Uh, the Lord says, As he sowed, as the sower sowed, some fell beside the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, when the Lord explains this later on in Matthew, he says, This is uh, the ones who don't understand, uh, they don't understand the word that's preached to them. And so uh, the evil one comes and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Matthew 13, 19, the Lord says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So, you know, this is one who is very clearly one who is not a saved person because the seed gets taken out of their heart. And, you know, so often when you're out preaching the gospel, um, you know, at these festivals and elsewhere, you, you just realize Satan is doing everything he can to keep that seed from getting into them so that they would believe and be saved. That's in, in Luke's account. Um, uh, that's, where, that's how he explains it. The, the devil comes and takes away the seed so that they would not believe and be saved. Satan will do everything he can to keep that seed from getting into them. And it's just a tragedy. But so many people, they go through their whole life and uh, they hear the gospel. They have the opportunity to believe, but Satan comes and snatches it away. So we have to realize as believers, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the enemy's work to frustrate the gospel preaching. And we'll probably have more to say about that in the second part of the program, but it's a serious, sober matter. And we have to realize that's what we're dealing with. And, you know, just, just going out to these festivals, I just have a sense. So many people are on, they're on the conveyor belt of life. They go through this stage, you know, I'm in school and they get a job. Maybe they get married and have kids and have their career and they do this and that and uh, uh, have some good experiences, maybe take nice vacations or whatever. Or maybe their life is a little harder. Who knows? Who can say? But just on that conveyor belt and it's going on and on and on. Eventually it comes to an end and and the time comes and and we fall off. And you you just wonder, what can you do as a a servant of the Lord, as a gospel preacher, to help ones wake up and get off that conveyor belt and realize my time here is so short, it's so limited. How can I I help these people realize they need to believe and, uh, and repent and turn to the Lord before it's too late. And if you're listening to this, and you're such a one, I, w- I would just urge you, open your heart to the Lord. Believe in Jesus Christ. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Get off that conveyor belt of life and find the real meaning of your life, uh, which is to grow, to be a fully matured son of God. That's where we find the real meaning of life. Until that day comes in your life, you're always going to have a sense you're missing something because that's what you were created for. And so we always are happy when we have the opportunity to share a word of the gospel in this program because we don't know who's listening. But if that's you, open your heart to the Lord. Tell the Lord Jesus, I want to be a son of God. I want to receive this divine seed into my heart and let it grow and develop so I can bring forth the kind of fruit that you want me to have in my life. 
And that depends on you. No one can do that for you. You have to open your heart to the Lord. It's not something of religion. It's not I go to confirmation or CCD or, or, or I attend church. That's not what we're talking about. It's opening your heart directly to the Lord and allowing him to get his seed into you so that you're genuinely born again with the divine life of God. And if you do that, um, you'll never regret it, I can assure you. you, know, you from today on, your, your life will have a new beginning. Praise the Lord. So we hope some hearing this will re indeed uh, open their heart to the Lord and receive him and be saved. But as we say, many won't. And as this parable indicates, many won't. Uh, the, the enemy has a way to come and snatch that seed away. And it's so unfortunate uh, that that happens, but it does happen. So that's clearly a person who does not get saved uh, in this parable of the sower. Now we're going to skip over the next two types of ground and go to the last one. Uh, we'll come back to the other two. The last one is uh, the one that the Lord says he... Uh, uh, Matthew 13, 8, others, this other seeds fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. So this is where the seed, uh, because it's in the good ground, has the way to grow and develop and to produce the harvest that the Lord desires. This is a fruitful life. And as, all, as believers in Christ, we all should be seeking for and dealing with the Lord so that we can produce the crop that he wants to have from us. And then we'll have a sense, my life is so meaningful. I'm so fulfilled now because I'm fulfilling the purpose God created me for. This seed in me is producing and developing what God wanted it to. And that's so meaningful when that happens. Praise the Lord. So this last person, like we said, the first person is very clearly not a saved person. They, they don't get saved. And this last person just as clearly, that is a saved believer. There's no question about that because they produce the fruit that the Lord desires. Only, only a saved person could do that. So the different people who look at this, this parable, the different commentators, everybody agrees about these two. And the reason why we skipped over the, the middle two is that this is where the question arises, where some people have questions about whether or not these are saved believers. Um, they, they say, well, because they don't produce fruit, therefore they, mu they must not be saved. You know, I was looking, uh, getting into this, I was looking at uh, uh, what Calvin has to say about this parable. Uh, and you can look it up yourself. Um, just look up Calvin on Matthew 13. Um, and he comments on, on verse 13, chapter 13, verse 21. He's talking about the seed that falls in the stony ground. And he says, They are not truly regenerated by the incorruptible seed which never fades, as Peter tells us. For he says that these words of Isaiah, the word of God endures forever. Uh, that's First Peter one twenty-five, And these words of Peter are fulfilled in the hearts of the believers in whom the truth of God, once fixed, never passes away, but retains its vigor to the end. And it's, the spirit can't be extinguished. And so his strong view is that this must not be a saved believer because the seed uh, gets extinguished. And so, uh, so they can't, couldn't possibly have been regenerated to begin with. But actually... Uh, it, it, he's right. The seed never does get extinguished. It doesn't pass away. But that's a very different question from whether or not that seed grows and develops and bears fruit. Those are two different things. So you can't on that basis say that because a person doesn't, because the seed does not produce fruit, therefore that person is not a saved believer. And it's different in, in the first ground, the, the seed by the wayside, it's clear the seed gets taken away. There's never any interaction never any real interaction, at least, with the soil. But in the second ground, something does grow up. If you read what it says, uh, some fell among thorns, 
or sorry, this is the third, uh, Matthew 13, 5. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much depth of earth, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So it's very clear. This is The seed here does get into the soil, and it produces something. It does not produce the fruit, but it does produce something. So there's been that life impartation into the soil. That's regeneration. So you, you just can't argue that this is not a saved believer. The, seed, the problem's not with the seed. Calvin's right about that. The problem is with the soil, whether or not the soil allows that seed to grow and develop as it should. And the Lord interprets us uh, in his interpretation, Matthew 13, uh, 20 and 21, regarding this ground. He says, He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. So these people, they did receive the word. So again, I would strongly say, if we're not imposing our theology on the scripture, it becomes clear what, what, what the meaning is here. This has to be a saved believer because they have received the word. John uh, chapter 1, 12 and 13. As many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become children of God, who were born of God. So there's no question here. This is a saved believer. He says, but they don't have the root in themselves, um, but endures only for a while. When tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So it's not that they are not uh, regenerated. He doesn't say it was exposed that they didn't get saved in the first place. He said they're stumbled, they're offended. And there are many places in the scripture which talk about believers being stumbled or offended, uh, depending on how you translate that word. And what this is showing us is, yes, showing us is, yes, as a real believer in Christ, if I don't develop that root within myself because I'm not dealing with the stony places, with the rocky things that are in my heart, it, eventually I will be stumbled and I won't go on and produce the fruit. One of the, the uh, sober things about this particular type of soil is the Lord says uh, they receive the word with joy. So they may have a joyful beginning. And it says uh, in, in the uh, example itself, it says immediately it springs up. So you may see a lot of outward activity. You may see a lot of outward joy with this kind of believer. But there's not much going on underneath where no one can see it in a hidden way because they aren't dealing with the rocks that are within their heart. Um, you know, there's a lot of big uh, displays today about worshiping the Lord, about, you know, and all this excitement and, uh, and dancing around. That may not mean much. It may not mean much in terms of if there's something really going on in that person's heart, according to this uh, uh, example that the Lord gives us here. We don't know. We don't know, but it may be that there's not much going on underneath, even where there is a good deal of spiritual activity. And so when uh, maybe something doesn't go someone's way, uh, they don't get the attention they like, uh, or something else comes up that offends them, they say, well, I'm not going to follow Christ anymore. It doesn't mean they weren't a believer to begin with. Uh, but they got stumbled, they got offended because they did not have that root develop within themselves in a healthy way. It's a very serious matter, a very sober matter. Um, so that's the one who receives the, the word in the stony places. Uh, then the other type of soil is the type where uh, it, it's sown among the thorns, and the thorns come up and choke it. The stony places are within us. The thorns come from without to choke the seed. And these are the anxieties, the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches. Uh, Luke calls them the pleasures uh, and riches themselves. If we don't care for these things in a proper way, if we don't handle them in a proper way, they can grow up 
and choke the Lord's word from growing up within us. And so many believers uh, are like this. I think the more serious believers are like this. This is a danger uh, for that type of believer. Maybe we have some dealing with, uh, with the stony things in our heart, but we still have to deal with these outward things that would uh, cause us to have anxieties within and cause us to be distracted from following the Lord. And so also in this case, we may not bear the fruit uh, that the Lord desires. Um, uh, Luke uh, 8.14 puts it in a very striking way. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So that's a very serious word. Yes, maybe they have had some dealing with the Lord in their heart. Uh, but because of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, uh, as Luke says, the, uh, the pleasures of life, right? These aren't bad things, but they can choke the seed within us. We have to be so careful. A verse in Proverbs says, guard, guard your heart above all that you guard, for out of it are the issues of life. We have to be so careful in guarding our heart, even from the pleasures of life. doesn't mean we don't partake of the pleasures. It doesn't mean we don't have uh, any kind of uh, material provision. It's not, he's not talking about being an ascetic here or being a monk. What he's saying is we have to be careful that these things don't become the weeds, uh, the thorns that choke the growth of the word within us because that's so easy uh, for that to happen. So when you look at the parable in this way, you can see it really is talking about our spiritual growth as believers in Christ. It's not talking about whether we're saved or not. The issue is, do we grow up in a healthy way before the Lord? So it's a very, very sober parable. And a very, we should have a very sober realization. As a believer in Christ, it is very possible that I may be genuinely regenerated. I may have genuinely received a divine life and yet not produce the fruit that the Lord desires in me, to, to produce in me. And I, now I should make clear, we're not saying here that if that's the case, you lose your salvation. In a sense, what Calvin said was right, that uh, the seed won't, uh, won't perish. Uh, it, 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 eventually, that seed is going to produce everything the Lord desires in every believer who receives that seed, but not necessarily in this age. That's what we said in the last program. We have to remember the next age is not eternity. The next age is the millennium. And so those believers who fail in their Christian life in this age, who don't produce the fruit the Lord desires, eventually in the millennium, they will be brought to maturity in Christ so that they are ready to dwell with the Lord for eternity. But that's a very serious matter uh, to, to have to miss out on the millennial reign of Christ because we don't come to maturity in this age. And what we're focusing on here is whether or not we come to maturity in this age. Yes, you will come to maturity in this age if you don't produce the fruit the Lord desires. It does not mean you lose your salvation. We would never agree with that teaching. But it means you may miss out on the reigning with Christ in the millennial age, the 1,000-year reign of Christ that will be the next age. So it's a very, very serious matter. And as believers, we need to be warned about this. Very, very sober matter. Um, as, you know, as, I, as I was getting into this, uh, one thing that struck me was how... Uh, there's, you know, the Lord here, the parable of the sower, of course, he's teaching us with a picture. But it's striking to see how uh, in uh, different parts of the scripture, the, uh, there are plain words where they say the same thing. They, they touch on it very much the same matter. Uh, so in, uh, in Peter, 
tells us, 1 Peter chapter 1, he says, We've been regenerated not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23. He's talking about exactly the same thing the Lord shared in the parable in Matthew. Yes, we have been regenerated by that seed. When that seed gets into you, you're regenerated. So that's the first thing Peter says. But then he goes on, 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 and 2. Listen to what he says here. Really significant. Very, very significant. Excuse me. Therefore, putting aside, he says, because you've been born of corruptible seed, and then he talks about the, the word of God lives and abides forever. Then he goes on at the beginning of chapter 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander as newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow unto salvation. You know what he's talking about here? He's talking about dealing with our heart, dealing with the soil of our heart so that the seed can work and operate in us in a healthy way. And I should say, you know, just this morning, I sent out an email on this topic, I, uh, dealing with these verses. I called it, uh, Receive the Implanted Word. And again, if you'd like to sign up for that email, to receive those emails, we, I usually send out a couple of week, uh, a couple of email, of emails a week. You can go to my website, thechristianfaith.org, and click on the subscribe link and just enter your email, and, uh, and you'll be on that list. But that, this is what the email this morning was talking about. That Peter here is saying exactly what the Lord said in the parable. Peter is speaking in plain words. He's telling us, you have to deal with the soil of your heart. Put away the malice and the deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Then as newborn babes, we will long for the milk of the word so that we may grow up unto salvation. Then we will produce the fruit that the Lord desires to have from us. And really, pretty much exactly the same thing that we see in uh uh, the parable of the sower. And uh, I would add a word here. There's the reason why, and as I said this in the email, the reason why so many believers, uh, after they've been saved for a while, they don't have much heart to be in the word. They don't have much heart to be in the scripture is because they're not dealing with this, uh, the corrupt things in their being, the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy, envy and slander, the things that Peter mentions. So it's hard for them to long for the pure milk of the word. If I don't deal with these things in my heart, if I allow these things to grow up in me, there's no way I'm going to have a hunger for God's word. He, the Lord wants this word to deal with us, to work in us in such a way that uh, uh, we can grow in a healthy way. And so we have to deal with these things. And then we'll lo really long for it, the pure milk of the word. Praise the Lord. Now, you also see uh, in James, uh, the sa very same thought. He says... Uh, James says in 1.18, he says, God has brought us forth by the word of truth to be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. And then a few verses later, he says, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So here we see again, the same thing. This word has already been implanted in us, just like in the parable of the sower. Yes, that word gets into us, but are we dealing with, with the soil of our heart, putting away, as James says, the filthiness and the wickedness so that this word can grow up and develop within us. Everything depends on how we deal with our heart. And for that, to be clear, we can't deal with our heart by ourselves. We need to open to the Lord and ask the Lord to show us how to deal with our heart. Really, we need to have a heart that just loves the Lord. 
that allows him to touch and deal with all the things in our being that aren't proper. Tell the Lord, tell the Lord, Lord, show me how I can deal with you. Lord, how can I love you in a real way? How can I let you deal with my heart so that your seed can grow and develop in me the fruit that it really should? Shine on me. Help me to be a person, Lord, who really loves you. Bring me into such a relationship with you that it could really produce the fruit you desire to see in my being. You know, in ourselves, it is hopeless. You may feel it's hopeless. Yeah, it is hopeless in ourselves. Uh, and we need to learn that. And when we do learn that, we'll turn to the Lord and depend on him to work out his salvation in us. And that's what this, uh, this, these uh, portions, both in Peter and in James, are talking about. They're talking about the salvation of our soul. Uh, as James says, this, this uh, word is able to save your souls. It's saving us from all the negative things that are in our being, all the things that frustrate us. Uh, all the negative things. I, I need to be saved from so many, not just from God's judgment, uh, not just from from uh, eternal damnation. I need to be saved from who I am, from Dave Canfield, from just living by myself, by who I am, because there's so many negative things in my being. And it's this word that is able to work out this kind of salvation of my soul. And not talking here about the salvation from the lake of fire. It's the salvation of the soul of dealing with the negative things in our being. And Peter says the same thing when he says, uh, the milk of the word enables us to grow unto salvation. Again, it's the salvation of the soul. He, of course, he uses that phrase himself in uh, 1 Peter 1, 1.9, the salvation of the soul. So that's what the word wants to work out in us, is the salvation of the soul. As we deal with the soil of our heart, eventually, then we can produce the kind of fruit the Lord is really after in us. And that's what this parable is really showing us. It's not doesn't have to do with whether or not you're saved, not for those last three types. It's whether or not we deal with our heart in a healthy way so that uh, the, the seed can have a way in us to produce the fruit that the Lord desires. Praise the Lord. So that's the uh, looking at this parable from the standpoint of spiritual growth. And as I say in the next segment now, we're going to bring on Brother Rex Beck uh, from Cleveland Heights, Ohio. And we're really going to consider this um, parable more from the standpoint of what it shows us about preaching the gospel. And uh, so that'll be the next segment. We're looking forward to that. And we will see you on the other side of the break. This program is produced along with our website, thechristianfaith.org, to help address the need for a healthy word of ministry among God's children today. In the Old Testament, the Lord tells us through the prophet Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Our prayer is that the Lord, by his mercy, may use the ChristianFaith.org website and the Christian Faith Radio Hour to help the believers in Christ grow in our knowledge, both of our Savior and of our faith in him, so that we may stand more firmly for the Lord and for his purpose in these dark times. Visit us online for articles on the Bible and the Christian life and to sign up for our e-letter, which deals with various biblical topics. To listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab or directly on iTunes or Spotify. And if you have questions or comments about what you've heard on this program or on our website or about the Christian faith in general, send us a note at questions at thechristianfaith.org. May this program and the christianfaith.org website be a blessing to you in your walk with the Lord and to all of God's children, for his sake and his glory. Amen.
Hello, and welcome back to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. Um, just uh, Again, I just want to mention briefly that we'll be at the Edison Park Festival uh, today and tomorrow. So if you're there at the, as part of the Business Expo, come by and see us. We'd love to, love to meet you. Uh, Monday night, we have the Bible study. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock at the Meeting Hall of the Church of the Chicagoans. You can find more information about that on chicagomeeting.org. It's at 5518 West Gettysburg. And now we would like to bring Brother Rex uh, onto the program. Rex, are you there? Hi, Dave. Hey, Rex. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Praise oh, Lord. thank you. It's uh, great to be back with uh, you all today. Yeah, yeah, amen. Well, I, uh, I should probably mention uh, you were, took a little trip recently, right? Uh, you know, kind of uh, for the sake of the Lord's work down to, uh, well, you're out of the country for a little while. I know if, if you want. That's right. I was in um, I was in uh, Australia visiting wow. a, uh, uh, a church in Sydney uh, for about six days, and then um, uh, myself and another brother we uh, flew up to the Philippines, mm. and we spent about uh, twelve days visiting churches on the island of Mindanao, which is the southern island of the Philippines. Is that is that the main island of the Philippines? Um, no, the main island is Luzon. That's okay. where Manila is, okay. and uh, that's somewhat the richer part of the nation. Mm. And the uh, uh, the southern island, you know, you have to take a flight from Manila, Manila to uh, the island of Mindanao, and uh, and then uh, it's a little bit uh, less developed than um, you know than the north. Uh, but the um, you know the brothers and sisters and the churches there are. Are really, you know, really sweet, really loving the Lord, and Lord. Uh, it was great to see the seed that you're talking about mm. work in a culture that's different from ours. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. So I'm sure, I'm sure that'd be I, uh, quite, quite encouraging to see. Actually, I'm sure this, it just grows everywhere. Yeah. Wherever it goes, it does. Yeah, seems that's like right. That's right. And we, you know, we had some people say, "I just got baptized one year ago," or "I got baptized, uh, you know, three weeks ago." And so you see that, uh, uh, you know, the seed works in in uh, different settings and different backgrounds and uh, hmm. different cultures. And yeah, it was interesting. You know, we saw a lot of fishermen, uh, farmers, simple farmers, gold miners, and. Uh, and uh, you know they could, uh, you know, just have uh, uh, experience of yeah, having the seed sown in them, and also uh, sowing the seed. And uh, it was uh, it was a really great experience. Yeah, that's great, Rex. That's great. I, I, now I should ex- explain to the listeners: you you serve the Lord in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, right, just outside of Cleveland. That's, that's right. Your, basically, where you're based in uh, with the at the church there, and. Uh, so you're back now. And before we go on, Rex, uh, I know you were listening to the first part of the program. If you want to add anything, did you have any comments about uh, yeah. anything to, before we go well, on? Sure. Yeah, while I was, um, you know, listening, I just felt um, uh, kind of an appreciation for uh, how this sower went out. And when he sowed, he didn't, um, he just sowed the seed indiscriminately. You know, um, they just, some of the seeds just fell by the way, and you know the sower does not remark any problem with that. And others <laughs> fell, and you know um, where there wasn't much depth of soil, uh, the sower doesn't remark any problem. You know, and uh, um, and and some of the seeds found, the, of course, the good soil. And uh, I thought it was just instructive to see how when this sower goes out to sow. 
you know, he just spreads the seeds all over. And I, I think that's very representative of how uh, the gospel uh, works, <laughs> you know, and just, just the seed is sown, um, you know, in every, you know, every condition of soil. And uh, it kind of illustrates how much God trusts the seed and how much he, um, um, you know, um, you know, like sees that there's, there's power in that seed. And I appreciate how you, you know, mentioned about, the, um, you know, the, the, the ones on the, with the narrow or with the shallow soil, they, they did receive it and they sprouted, you know, and so there was some life there. And then you look at the ones in the thorns and it's like a larger stalk, you know, it kind of grows more, but it just doesn't get to that point of fruitfulness. And then the ones on the good soil, of course, produce fruit 30, 60 and a hundredfold. And so you can see like a, a growth there, you know, and um, I think that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful picture of how the seed works. Yeah, it's, 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 it really seems like this is the basic picture the Lord gives us about our spiritual growth. I, I, I never appreciated this parable so much until I, I got into it in, in, in recent weeks, and it's quite a, a remarkable picture. In the, and then seeing how in Peter and James, they, they very much correspond with uh, uh, in their word with what the Lord said here. So, But I, I think what you, what you said about the Lord scattering the seed, that's a good uh, segue, Rex, into you know what we wanted to talk about in this segment. It's about preaching the gospel, because that's a good point. We, I mean... The Lord was not selective. I mean, he just, you know, last week I said the sower sowed stupidly. Well, again, I, I, maybe that's not the best thing to say, but uh, maybe careless, uh, but uh, but just scattered the seed. And, 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 and our lesson from that as those who should be preaching the gospel, you know, in season and out of season, as Paul said, is is just we should be those who scatter the seed everywhere because we don't know what's going to grow. The Lord, the Lord, even He knew what the good ground was. He knew everybody's heart, but we don't. Uh, but even He just scattered the seed wherever wherever He possibly could. And uh, so that, that's I think a first lesson for preaching the gospel that uh, yeah, we just yeah. just get out and scatter the seed however you're doing it. Now, like yeah, I mentioned, we're you know. Really, uh, We've been doing these festivals. Uh, we did one a couple weeks ago. We have another one uh, this weekend. You know, that's uh, a way I like to get out to preach the gospel. It just seems to be a very effective way. But that's one way. By whatever works for you, just just learn to sow the seed. It's a very very healthy word here to consider. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree, and I'm I'm hopeful for the Edison Park Festival this weekend. Oh, man, thanks, man. Uh, Thank you. Seeds would be seeds would be sown, and um, I totally. Uh, agree that it's not a matter of like um, it's it's impossible for us to know what a good soil is by just looking. <laughs> we think we, the problem is we think we can tell. That's the problem. Uh, that yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, and I just think about uh, past experiences I've had where um, I you know just never imagined somebody <laughs> would become a believer, but then that person became a believer. And, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, if in my own estimation, I would not think um, that was good soil. I would think more like uh, maybe that's the, the ones that uh, is very shallow or else uh, the hard, just a hard ground, you know, um, trodden by many feet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, but then, um, you know, one time when I was in college, uh, uh, a young man um, was kind of like the life of the party uh, all the time. And, you know, one night he just came into my room and just said, I'm so empty. 
and he received the Lord, and wow, he went into good good soil, you know. And uh, and we just don't know <laughs> who, really is, so. uh, who is where the where the seed is going to grow and yeah. be, you know, kept or understood or you know um, uh, uh, received, and then where it will produce that thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. I, I appreciate what you said about that. You said the power that's in the seed. It's really so. I mean. Our responsibility is not to get people saved because we can't. Billy Graham had said that. I read something that really impressed me. I mentioned this last week. He said it took him a long time to realize that. He could not get people saved. That has to be the Spirit's work. So we have to really learn to trust that seed operating in people to produce that uh, salvation experience. Yeah. Because we can't. But our, our job is simply to scatter the seed and let, you know... And, Moody tells us of that famous story about he he went out to preach the gospel late one night because he hadn't preached to anybody and the guy, you know, just threatened him, uh, and without going mm-hmm. into too much detail and he was really angry. Actually, I think he later on he went and told somebody else this this Mister Moody is just embarrassing, uh, the gospel by by preaching the gospel this way. But then a few weeks later, that guy the the word that Moody had spoken just kept working in him and he came back to Moody and repented and wow. said, "I have to believe in the Lord." And so. Uh, that's wonderful. I just don't know. Yeah. 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 So. That's right. I I um I totally agree. I was, you know, reading this was a number of years ago. I was just, you know, reading the Bible with uh somebody who he was not saved, but he was open to reading the Bible and you know, we came upon a part of the Bible that was maybe a little bit uh like culturally uh, you know, against our current trend. Okay. And um and I just looked at him and he looked at me and he just pointed to the Bible and said, I agree with this. Mm. <laughs> I agree yeah. with this. And uh and not long after, maybe six months later, he was saved. And um it was just the power of the word is um is what we rely on. And uh and it's uh it's really um we can really put a lot of trust in that. God puts a lot of trust in the power of His Word, and I think that verse you brought up in First uh, Peter, you know, um, uh, seed is have been uh, regenerated by incorruptible seed, the living and enduring Word yeah. of God. Yeah, um, that is really true, and uh, you know, our job is just to scatter that seed, and and um, and it it will do its work, and it's a powerful worker. You know, um, and, I, I think uh, some, you know, and it we, will just change hearts. Yeah, it changes hearts, really. So I, I, you know, we don't because we don't have the trust in the the seed that we should. I think sometimes we try to push people more than mm-hmm. what we should. Uh, you know, maybe because yeah. we we try to get them to pray because we think praying is how they're going to be saved. But it can be an expression of our faith. I mean, do you do you have that sense too? We we're overly anxious sometimes to get people to pray. In your experience, I. I I totally agree, and I my in my own experience, I've pushed a good number of people yeah. to pray, and I I wouldn't necessarily do that again if I were in that same situation now. Um, what I have uh, because they will a, diff, a person will maybe pray with you if you force them or if they have a certain personality type that they just want to be more uh, you know <laughs> agreeable. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, but uh, what I see is the real power of the word to do its work, and I think as I you know spend time with more people, I seem to trust that more and more, you know, and uh, you know, and I 
could tell other stories. You know, uh, one person I said, I think you should be baptized, you know, and uh, then that person said, I'm not ready for that yet. But then they read the book of Acts. They just read the book of Acts and the word of God worked in their heart. And then they, you know, they texted me and said, I would like to be baptized. <laughs> and it was, you know, and I think that's a picture of how this word, um, you know, um, uh, what Mark says, it's the word. Uh, Luke says it's the word of God. Matthew says it's the word of the kingdom. Right. Is just works in somebody's heart to um, bear fruit, to, to change their hearts. And um, mm. it's not our pushing that changes yeah. people uh, for the long term. Um, but the Word of God is the one that really bears fruit, you know, and um, Mm. um, people just can respond to that. And I think we can have a lot of faith in that, you know, and even there's another parable in Mark, you know, where it just, um, you know, a man sows the Word and he just goes to sleep. Right. And then Hmm. then just lets it grow. And I think there's a message in that parable for... Yeah, I hadn't considered that before. That's a good application, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, you just like, you know, you just let somebody be, um, you know, exposed to the words of the Bible, and then um, um, it's really a, a powerful, um, you know, a powerful influencer of people's mm-hmm. hearts. So we, we need to have faith sometimes on behalf of the unsaved that this, this seed can yeah. grow and, and do something in them. And, and, uh, and I think if we do that, we'll be more aggressive to scatter the seed. Uh, and mm-hmm. we, yeah. You know, we were talking yesterday, and I just was considered again, there, there's not a bad way to preach the gospel. Yeah. I mentioned a couple experiences I've had where the Lord kind of brought that home with uh, uh, this one uh, one brother and I were out preaching, going door to door, and this Hindu woman invited us into her house. Uh, and she asked us, is it really true that God loves us? Uh, because Hindus, their gods, basically, they're all demons, and, and their, their gods are out to get you. And so she had no concept mm-hmm. that God loves us. It was really something new to her. Mm-hmm. Well, how did she find out about that? Was she was watching a football game, and the guy he was there with John three sixteen. They kick a field goal. He drops it down, and she saw that, and she looked it up, and that was the first time she ever heard that God loves us. Because to many people, that's a very foreign concept. So she saw that word in the Bible, and that word began to work in her. Now she didn't get saved that night, but you know we we fellowship with her a little bit, and I I have to believe yeah. uh, eventually she probably did get saved, but just because she mm-hmm. she had that kind of somebody scattered the seed. So I, yeah. to me, I'm just more and more impressed with this. It's, it's so important to scatter the seed, and especially these days yeah. in this country where, you know, you see the, the whole moral order in society seems to be breaking down and chaos is erupting everywhere. What's needed is for that word to go forth. Yeah. That's really the only thing that yeah. can save this country at this point, I would say. Yeah. And uh, that's, really, that's really an encouraging story. And I think, uh, you know, John, in uh, John chapter 4, it says, you know, Jesus says, one, one sows and another yes. reaps. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that is an encouragement. I could just imagine the person, um, you know, who was holding that John 3.16 sign <laughs> at the game. I wonder what their, their thought was. You know, I wonder if they thought, did we do anything or did we, you know, like we didn't maybe 
maybe they didn't see any results from that day. But um, the Bible's way is not that, um, you know, one person does everything. Uh, one sows, another reaps. And, uh, and I think that is, is really the case when we're in the gospel. And, um, and I think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a very good experience for Christians to taste the joy of sowing. You know, it's just like, there's just a joy in sowing. And I think the more we realize how powerful the word is, then the more we, more we, um, we, we do just taste that joy. And, you know, and I, I like what you said that, you know, we cannot save anybody by our own power, uh, but we can present the word and just let it work. And, um, you know, we, we've, you know, here in Cleveland Heights, we've, I had a little tradition of marching in a, uh, community parade with a band. We sing, you know, Christian songs <laughs> and, uh, and, um, uh, we just then pass out church invitations and, and we just feel like, um, we're sowing seeds and there's like a real a joy in that. Um, and, uh, like I, like I told you the other day, I, I don't think anybody leaves that, you know, time sad, <laughs> not, you yeah. know, not happy. Sure. And I think, I think there's a real a real joy in just you know going out and and um, you know spreading these seeds and we do not know who we will meet yeah. and we can be indiscriminate sowers just like this sower was <laughs> and oh. so if, uh, if some some seed is on the um, the path well that's fine maybe there'll be other seed that's in the good good ground and we can just be joyful in um, uh, you know participating in this broad scattering of seeds. Yeah, it really comes back to that power of the seed, the, the power that's in yeah. that seed. And I think the more we realize that, the more willing we'll be out to go and to go out and preach the gospel because we realize it, it's not depending on me. I just have to get the seed out there. The seed will do its yeah. work if I get the seed out there. And Because I, I think, of course, a lot of believers are, are not that eager to get out and preach the gospel there, maybe somewhat fearful. And, you know, there's always that uh, that fear when you go out and, and, and share the gospel. It's just I mean, for different reasons. Yeah. There's always that reluctance. And some, some believers have a very difficult time overcoming that. You know, I know I think everybody has to find the way that works for them. I mean, I never appreciated the, the John 316 thing at football games. I never thought that had any appreciation for that until I met that woman. And then I thought, it really impressed me. There's not a bad way to preach the gospel. As long as that's what you're yeah. doing, yeah. getting the word out, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 good and it's a positive thing to do. And uh, But Rex, I, I don't know if, would you, for those believers who are not really, who are really uncomfortable preaching the gospel, uh, is there any way you you would encourage them, maybe how they could begin to preach the gospel a little bit? Any particular encouragement you would have? Um, and all of us, I should, well, I should add, all of us have something of that in us. That's not unique to anyone. But, uh, but sure, if, if sure. any particular word of encouragement for that type of person, I'd be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's, you know, when you consider a believer, uh, you know, sharing their faith or spreading the seeds, I think there are, uh, you know, two different categories of people that are around us. The, the first one is like the people that we know and, um, uh, you know, uh, family, friends, coworkers, uh, fellow students. And I would really encourage like just a um, um, make a list and pray 
just a little bit of and you know when you when you pray for people uh you don't have to pray long you know paul says i make mention of you in my mm, prayers you know? very good and yeah. uh um you know and so if you make a list of seven or eight people that god has put on your heart that are close to you and you just mention their names every day you know and um and then in that way you will become more sensitive to when god is moving in their in in their lives and uh um, that prayer will help you do that, and there may be some opportunity to, um, you know, share something of your your hope or your your enjoyment of the Lord or your testimony um, or just a verse from the Bible that you enjoyed that day, and you don't know what that will do as a seed, you know. And then the other class of people is the you know is the the stranger <laughs> and. Uh, and, um, you know, for that, I think it's a very good experience for every believer to know how to talk to strangers about faith. And, um, and uh, you know, I like to ask a question like, do you have any spiritual beliefs to a stranger? And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised about how many Americans will really open up to a mm. complete stranger when they, ask, when they are asked that question. I now, when, where, where, don't know if, where are you talking to people like this, Rex? Is that just on the street? Are you? Yeah, just on a. Okay. It could be on the sidewalk, or um, you know, on a campus, or um, you know, and just just at a grocery store. And I I usually not want to tell them like uh, or try to uh, do a, a bait and switch. I, I like uh, how's the how's the weather, and then kind of move into Christian topics. Mm-hmm. I. I usually just say I'm a Christian, and I, I just like to ask people, "Do you have any spiritual beliefs?" You know, which I really do, and I'm interested in their their comment, and um, you know, and then after they share, and I want to be very interested in what they share, and uh, even maybe ask some questions about that, and then I may ask them like, "Well, can I share something I have? I believe, you know, and uh, and then just." For a very short time, I could just share a verse, maybe about a living hope that I have because of Christ, or how I'm not a stranger or, um, you know, wanderer because I found the church, you know, and that's something Jesus gave me, and that's a verse, you know, and and that's you know, and so I feel like if um, if you can show interest in a stranger, they will return that interest to you, and there's opportunity to share. And so um, that's just kind of like a little a little technique, but um, sometimes techniques are helpful. Um, you know, right. the real you know the real value is just being led by the spirit in the moment. <laughs> but uh, but sometimes that's uh, we we need to learn that you know, and it takes time to learn that. But um, um, you know, just to ask people, do you have any spiritual beliefs? And then even okay. a little bit more pointed question: Well, how does Jesus fit into that? Because that's where we want to get to at the end. You know, we want to. What about Jesus? How does Jesus fit into that? And and then um, then you really listen and find out where where people are at. And I've had some really amazing um, you know responses to that those questions. So. Yeah, that's what any, any salesman will tell you. That's what you just. In a sense, it's a, it's a numbers game, 
in spiritually speaking, yeah. you know, maybe that's not a good way to say it. People know when you care about them, if you genuinely care about yes. them. But but you do have to get out there and and meet different people. I mean, you're gonna you learn to succeed by failing and by not doing so well. Yes. And uh, that's right. And and but if you really care for people, they're gonna sense that and pick up on that. And uh, and then that's when I think yeah. people open to you. But I think that's a very practical word to have that list of people to pray for, and then to consider how to how to approach people. And uh, yeah, amen. Yeah. That's, I, I hope this. I really hope this segment encourages people to be in the gospel because, again, more and more I just have a sense these days that the gospel has to go out one way or another in this country. Uh, we need yeah. to pray for revival, pray that the Lord returns some to himself. But that we're just about out of time, Rex. Do you, do you have a final word to add? Uh, um, i just just like to underscore, I just as our um, conversation has gone on, I just really appreciate the power of the word and Amen. the power of the seed. And, uh, and I do... Uh, I do hope that uh, the sowing of seeds at Edison Park is very Amen. successful. This, uh, appreciate your prayers. Thank you, Rex. Amen. Yeah, I appreciate that thought, too. Pr trust in the power of the Word. That's a very good good thought to close on, because that's what you see in this parable. It's the, the, the Word that brings forth the fruit, not us. Praise the Lord. We just have to get the Word out there. Thank you, Rex, so much for those, right. those thoughts. Really appreciate it. Good to talk with you again, brother, and uh, hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me on, Dave. Amen, Rex. Enjoy that. Okay. Uh, Praise the uh, Lord. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. You've been listening to the Christian Faith Radio Hour. You can visit us online at our website, thechristianfaith.org. And if you have comments or questions, send us an email at questions at thechristianfaith.org. And to listen to previous editions of this program, look for the Christian Faith Radio Hour podcast, which you can access via our website under the Media tab or directly on iTunes or Spotify.